So Parsha's Balak. So whether you hear this on the podcasts or on Facebook or wherever you might be, uh, or live, uh, here we go. So it has been a couple weeks, and uh, thank God only good things. But Parsha's Balak is really, it's it really seems to be one message over and over and over again. So what's the basic story? It's really one story. It's very rare to have a Parsha that only has one story. And the story basically is the Jewish people are getting close to Israel. And there's a number of kingdoms basically where the, where the modern-day Jordan is. So, there, so one of these kingdoms was led by a, an evil king named Balak. His name was Balak, son of a bird. Sounds like a modern-day uh, expletive. But but uh, that was his name, Balak ben Sipor, and he was scared because he saw the Jewish people were very strong and things were going their way, and he was scared what was going to happen as they saw the Jewish people um, approaching. So what happens? Um, he calls his friend Bilam. Now, Bilam is a very very interesting character. Bilam was a prophet. And the story behind his prophecy is, is, is actually once in history. Because on some level, the non-Jewish people complained to God. I don't know who did the complaint, but someone complained to God. And they said, look, God, these Jews, if we would have a prophet the way the Jews have Moses, then we would be just as good as the Jews. So God says, you know what? I'm going to give you a prophet, and we'll see. let's see how you do, and let's see if you do better than the Jews. And they give him this guy, Bilam, and this guy, Bilam, is a real creep, but he does have some redeeming qualities to him, and one of them is that he has absolute clarity with prophecy, which is really, really an unusual thing. So Balak knew this, and Balak calls up Bilam, he says, Master, he says, Bilam, I need you to curse the Jews. Because he said about Bilam, I've heard that your curses become true and your blessings do as well. So Balak said, I will pay you millions of dollars to kill the Jews. So I saw that the Chavetz Chaim learns a, a very practical lesson from this. What's the lesson? He says, think about this guy, Balak. What's his point? His point is he's scared of the Jews. And there's two ways to be protected from someone. One way is to get rid of them. One way is to protect yourself. If you notice, the Israeli army is unique in many ways, but one of the ways it's unique is that it's not called an army. It's called the Israeli Defense Forces, which means the focus of the army is defense. You, the Israeli army is built on the fact that we're not trying to hurt anybody. We just want to protect ourselves. So says the Chavetz Chaim, you learn from Balak what not to do. What Balak should have done was tell Bilam, you know, Bilam, I'm scared of these Jews. Could you give us a blessing that nothing bad will happen to us? But that's not what he does. He says to Balak, he says to Bilam, Bilam, can you get rid of the Jews? Hurt the Jews. And that is not the way to do things. The way to do things, if you need to protect yourself, is to protect yourself. Obviously, if the only way to protect yourself is to hurt someone else, 
then sometimes that has to happen. And that's why, unfortunately, sometimes the IDF does have to kill people. But the Israeli um, army is, is, is always trying to just defend themselves. Okay, moving along in the parsha, we have so what happens is just moving along in the story. Um, Bilam keeps telling Balak, "I can't curse you unless God lets me, because I'm in control by God." And Bilam somehow he thinks that God somehow is going to allow him to curse the Jews, and he keeps asking God, "Says God, can I curse the Jews? God, can I curse the Jews?" And he even brings sacrifices. He tries different spots. And finally, what happens is, is Bilam says, you know, I'm going to curse the Jews. And then instead of cursing, these blessings come flowing out of his mouth. And one of them is very famous. We say it every day in Davening. It's a famous song. Everyone, you think you learned in kindergarten. Right? Right, so we matovu was said by Billa. So what is matovu? What what does that mean? So let's translate the words matovu. How wonderful are they? Um, the tents of Jacob. How wonderful are all the tents of Jacob. So Rashi says, what what? Why did Bilam say this song? Th th these words, because he saw uh, he saw that um, the Jews' tents were very unique. They weren't like modern-day houses. They were set up in a way that no one's windows or doors were lined up, so no one would, would have a, a hard time keeping their privacy. And this was something that blew Bilam away, and he couldn't help but say how wonderful the uh, Jewish people are. And this is just something to remind ourselves in, that in today's day and age, we live in the TMI generation, right? TMI um, uh, means too much information, right? You go on Facebook, everybody shares their, what they had for supper, what they did the past 10 minutes, what they did yesterday, what they're thinking of doing. Uh, and we know a lot of bad things that happen are said there. But even besides all the Lashon Hara, just the concept of, of, of intimacy with yourself, intimacy with your family. Uh, I heard on a, on a lecture recently, they were trying to bring out the, the cautions that a person needs to have with the lack of privacy these days. And they said one of the things that used to bond families was when someone left the house and they heard something outside. So they came home and their family was excited to hear the information. The kid went out, the husband went out, the mother went out. But now, when you come home, everyone knows everything already. No one has to share any information. There's, no, there's nothing private, and we have to strive. Not that we have to be overly, you know, over, over the board private. We don't have to be uh, secretive. But we learned that it is an important attribute to have a certain amount of intimacy with yourself, things that and things with your family, things with your friends, not everything is everyone's business, and we can do our part. Okay, so here's the, now moving along in the story. This story is, is literally one of the most incredible stories in the Torah. So Bilam says he's not listening. He's going to go on his donkey and travel and curse the Jewish people. His Now Hashem is not going to let this. So Hashem sends an angel 
with a sword, it says in the Torah. And Bilaam did, for some reason, even though he was a prophet, did not see the angel. But the donkey saw the angel. And the donkey, instead of going straight, turned to the left. And then Bilaam hit the donkey. He went back straight. And then the donkey kept seeing this knife being waved in front of him. And this time he slammed Bilaam into the rock wall and, and maimed him for life. He, he became a cripple for life. And then Bill hit the donkey again. And finally, he kept going. And he, this time, the donkey sat down. Now, everyone knows anything about donkeys. When a donkey sits down, you can't move the donkey. And at that point, Bill was like, you know, really hits the donkey. At which point, one of the 10 things that were, were created by God right before Shabbos, the donkey talks. Mr. 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 Ed. Um, so, so he turns around and he says to Bilaam, what are you hitting me for all these times? I've been so good to you all these years. Is it like me to, to, uh, to, act, to, to be so stubborn? Would you stop? And Bilaam and him have a conversation. And guess what Bilaam does? Bilaam's not phased by the whole thing. He's not phased by it. And all the commentaries say to us, Bilaam had some, one of the most incredible phenomenons in history to ever happen, an animal talking intelligently. And it's a message from God, Bilaam, wake up and hear the message. And he doesn't. And he keeps going. And the lesson that the Bali Moser uh, bring out here is that we, net, we have to realize that if we want to do something, we can be, we can be blind to it. We can literally not see something in front of us. We cannot listen to something that that is being said to us. If we want to do something, there's no telling what we'll do. And that's something that uh, we got to be wary of. When we really want to do something, got to make sure we're paying attention to any warning signs. So I saw the Malvim says a really, really good uh, relationship tip here. It says, listen to what the donkey said. What did the donkey say? It said, aren't I, do I, have I ever done this before? Hey there. It's the king of Middlesex Road. Um, right? Uh, anyway, so, um, so what does Billam do? So Billam's donkey says that, have, do I usually do this? Meaning I, I'm doing something really weird. I'm, I'm not being an obedient donkey. I've never done this before. Says the Malbim, what's the donkey telling Billam? If you see someone who usually is a very nice person, who's acting out of character, what you should do is say, what's wrong? And not take it personally, right? If you have your... Your, your family member, your good friend, right, who's always such a nice person, and all of a sudden they're being really, really, really out of character, right? So obviously something's wrong. So of course a person never can really uh, excuse inappropriate behavior, and a person is always responsible, but it's on me, if possible, if I notice my kid. My kid is acting way out of character. So you, with kids, they really, it's for sure something going on. Adults, we're, we're complicated. We got all kinds of baggage and we're, we're just stubborn and we, we just sometimes are, are not nice because we're not nice, right? 
But even with us, most people, it says in the Gemara, a person never does something wrong for no reason. Ain Adam Chote below low. A person never, there's no such thing. If someone was not nice to you, there probably was a reason. So that's what the donkey was telling uh, Bilam. Do I usually do this? Give me a break. Right? And I can tell you from personal experience uh, that it's, a, it's, 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 it's something you, you, you really want people to do for you. If you somehow had a bad day and you did something out of character, you hope that your friends and family will say, yeah, I know he's really a good guy. She's really a good lady. It's out of character for them. So when it happens to us, let's try to give other, other people that benefit of the doubt. And the, the most obvious message here is that the I recently had a, I sometimes learn in the yeshiva, there's guys getting married. So there's a couple, couple of uh, getting ready for marriage books that, that are sparring, that are from the Torah, that are based on the Torah that I, that I, I get the privilege of reviewing with them. It's good of you for me. And one of the things it says in there, which is obvious, is that if you're going to give someone one piece of advice, that, that piece of advice might be this, that be a person who it's easy to criticize. Now, not that people should be criticizing me, but you want to be the kind of person that if someone has something to tell you that will help you become a better person, you want to make yourself the kind of person that people will tell you. Otherwise, you go around life and you may be doing the same dumb things that you did 40 years earlier and everyone sees it except for you, but everyone's scared to tell you. So the, one of the greatest things a person could do is to make themselves into the type of person that if someone cares about, not that I should go around telling you everything you do wrong, but it's helpful to be the kind of person that people will be willing to, uh, to approach. And I can tell you myself, I don't, I don't think not that many people come over to me, but thank God I have a few people in my life who are willing to, uh, to tell me how it is. Not always so fun. But it's uh, it's a very special thing. It's like I'll give you an example to make it a little a little more light. You know, before you, you know, you know, I, when I when I was dating for marriage about twenty years ago, wow. Um, um, I remember before I went on one of my first dates, someone told me that I needed a tissue. I needed a tissue, and I was so thankful because I'm trying to make a first impression, right? Or let's say someone tells you, you know, yeah, your 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 clothes your clothes aren't on properly, so you don't want to hear it. But the reality is, it's helpful when someone tells you, and you appreciate it if you you're in a situation. It's something like I've been at events where you go to the event for three hours, and after you see there's a big splotch of ketchup on your shirt, and you never knew, no one told you. So um, anyway, okay, there's a couple more ideas. The Talmud asked the following question about Bilam. This guy is so confusing. He makes President Trump look like a, a very simple person, right? Look at this guy, Bilam. The Gemara said, the Pusik says about Bilam, he's Yodea Das Elyo. That means, literally, he understands God. 
Like, whoa, I think he's the only person in world history, including Moses, that the Torah says, Yodea Das Elio. He understood the ways of God. And the, the Talmud and Brachos asked the question, how could this bozo know the ways of God? He didn't even understand his donkey. His donkey and the doggy talked. He, the same guy, he can't understand his donkey that talks, uh, understands God. So this is the Talmud's question. Many answers, but the commentary called the base ah has a fascinating answer. And he reminds us that when the, when God first created the world, if you look at the very beginning of the Torah, Rashi says that the best thing really would be if God wasn't so nice. The best thing for us would be if when we did something wrong, there was a consequence. But God saw that this would not be a very practical way to run the world because human beings mess up every few seconds, right? We mess up all the time. So God said, no, 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 no. We're going to take that good idea called consequences and take this great idea, mercy. And you take din, which means judgment, and mercy. And you, God said, I'm going to smush them together. And I'm going to have a world comprised of mercy and judgment. Now, God's like this. The really is... Because the reason we're in this world is to is is to grow. So really, it's better. The really the harder life is, the better we are. But God said that's not practical. So, but God set aside one fraction of a second a day, where He keeps the world in its pristine state of absolutes, where there's right and there's wrong, and there's no room for mercy. And in order for the world to exist, it has to have this component. We all have that in our lives. We all have parts of our lives we're laid back about, we're relaxed, but we all have a bottom line, something that has to happen, right? You know, if someone, let's say, has certain health issues, you know, there's certain things you must do. Someone has certain health conditions, you must take your medicine. There's certain things you cannot have. There's certain things in any, certainly any marriage that cannot happen. Right? So what God set up for the world is that there's one moment today where the world, God looks at the world through this perfect um, uh, vehicle. And Bilaam knew that moment. He understood this about God. And the reason why Bilaam's curses were so effective is he knew how to zero in on that moment and talk to God at that moment, and that and that's why his curses were effective. And what he did during these three days when he tried to curse the Jews is every day that moment would come, and somehow the it didn't happen. The Talmud says that God trumped Bilam. He said, Bilam. You think you're going to catch me on the moment when I'm going to be these three days, probably the only three days in world history, I'm not going to get angry those days. I'm not going to look at the world through that. So he outsmarted Bilaam. And in fact, that's why if you look in the Torah, Bilaam keeps referring to himself as blind. 
has one eye. And what that's referring to is Bilam was known as having an eye in Ra, a bad eye. A bad eye means you see everything in the worst possible way. And that is a hard thing to not do. But that's what we got to do. Look at things in a good way. Okay, two more ideas, then we do a quick wrap-up. So, Bilam has three prophecies in his sleep. Middle of the night, he talks to God. God says, don't you do anything. Don't you do anything. Each time, what does Bilam do? Shaking in his sleep, what does he do? Turns back over and snores. Where else do we see this happen? By Paro. Paro, the night of the 10th plague. Moshe comes to Paro and says, all firstborn are going to die. What does the verse say happened at midnight? Paro woke up. You see this with numerous of bad characters in the Torah. They get bad information in the middle of the night. And what are they able to do? Turn back over. Turn back over. What does that mean? That means that you don't care. You don't care. It doesn't bother you. And they say I, I, that today the biggest challenge that the Jewish people has today, it's not intermarriage. It's not anti-Semitism. And it's not the lack of kosher food. It is Jewish apathy. Jewish apathy, you know, even myself, I've been, been a rabbi in the community about 10 years, probably 18 years, and used to be Jews cared. They may care about something ridiculous. They may care about their blocks and cream cheese. They may care about their corned beef sandwich. They may care about their matzo balls. But Jews today, many, many Jews, and all of us to some small degree, we don't care as much as the previous generation. And that is the biggest challenge. Because it used to be you go to someone, even if they weren't religious, they had something they cared about. So you can get someone excited. But if someone's like, you know, we've all had teenagers or been teenagers, how you doing? Fine. Can we, can, do you want anything? No. Right, you gotta. There's you gotta have some interest, right? So, what what Reb Shalom Shvadron points out from here is that we see from Bilam the ability to just not care, just not care. Okay, God says no, I'll go back to sleep. You can't sleep if God is God's shit making you shake. But it's interesting because we find that great people also were able to sleep. Yonah. Famous thing, Jonah was on the ship, everyone's going crazy, and who's sleeping? Jonah. Abraham was asked to go slaughter his son, and what does he do? He's sleeping. He wakes up the next morning. If he woke up, obviously he was sleeping. So Sean John says that there's two ways to sleep, and this is an amazing lesson for life. Some people are sleeping because they don't care. Some people are sleeping because they trust. If I'm sleeping because I trust that God's got it all figured out, that's a good reason to sleep. If I'm not sleeping because I don't care what God has to say, that's not good either. Right? So if I, if I, am, I am 
relaxed because I'm trusting in God, that's a healthy types of type of relaxation. If I'm relaxed because every you probably met, you know, who's you know, I have a friend now. He's like, my goal is always to be chilled. I was like, yeah, your goal is to ignore your life as much as possible, right? The other way in life is to be relaxed, a real relaxation, a rich relaxation that's based on predicate of, of trusting God. Okay, one last idea. The Torah, this exposure starts off with the word vayar. Vayar means, and he saw. What does that mean? What did he see? What did he see? So Rashi alludes to this. But the idea that's brought out is that there are some people who are very good at seeing. They don't miss a beat. I have one of my kids. You can't get anything by them. They notice everything, right? You have some, You have a spouse. You have a friend. A friend. Some people, you know, they're not going to miss a beat. There are some people who do miss a beat, but when they do get something, they're very good at executing. Often you have the person who doesn't miss a beat is very good at not executing, but they're very good at noticing everything. And you have other kinds of people that are good at executing, but don't notice anything. Both have a problem. When you have, here you have Bullock. Bullock saw, he got the Jewish people. He got the Jewish people were great. But he didn't know what to do with that. What he needed to do with that was, 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 was embrace the Jewish people. Instead of saying, wow, the Jewish people are great. He's like, whoa, I'm scared. And that's the lesson. When we see something in life, often we can take the wrong message. So we got to see the message and execute. So quick, quick, uh, quick review here. They all really come down to the same point. Well, the first thing we said... The Chavetz Chaim taught us that when you have a problem, you have someone who's fighting with you, you don't have to wish the worst for them. Why don't you wish the best for yourself? Right? Um, another idea we said was that we have to respect people's privacy, our own privacy. Actually, if we respect our own privacy, we'll probably respect others' privacy. Bilam heard the animal talk and was not phased. Sometimes we can have something throw us in the face. Like imagine someone goes through COVID-19 and, and is just, well, all they did was survive. Waste of a COVID. Right? The guy learned something from COVID. Then we learned that the Malabim teaches us that if you see someone or you see yourself acting unusual, there's probably a reason for it. And it's good to see in other people and it's good to see in yourself. Like, what, why am I acting this way? There's got to be something going on. And that's what Bilam did not notice in his donkey. And human nature is that we like to deflect criticism. It's always right. You criticize, you blame, 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 blame. But best thing to do is really be a person who welcomes, who it's, it's easy, because that's the way you're going to be able to grow. The Talmud and Brach is asked, how could it be that you have this guy, he doesn't even get his animal, but he gets God? And we pointed out there was a certain idea about God that he understood. He understood that God, there's a good aspect of the world where God 
runs the world in a perfect way. And and but but Bilam tried honing in on only looking at the bad, and God's like, that's not gonna happen. We learned from Rabshaw and Shvadran that a person can't be apathetic. If something's important, something matters, you can't just go back to sleep. Bill went back to sleep. And last we said we gotta see life, but we gotta see life and execute in life. We gotta see and execute. Let's learn from Balak and Bilam to uh, when life sends you lemons, you make lemonade. Have a good Shabbos. Thanks for coming on.